Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Big Sills! Man, the news in the NFL surrounding the Combines right now, this has got to be one of the absolute most noteworthy Combines I've ever seen. I mean it, man. Every single day. There there was Eagle news all day long at the Combines. Your favorite NFL team. Hey, futures are made here. Futures can be destroyed here as well. When you saw the news of Jalen Carter, initially everybody all of a sudden just goes right to the media and you start listening to dickheads like Todd McShay. Character issues. Dude, that guy knows nothing. He knows nothing. Okay? CJ barking at Jonathan Gannon. We find out a little bit from Nick Sirianni. He didn't even know his coaching staff last year and the year before. He didn't really know him when they were interviewing position coaches. Once again, that validates exactly what I said to you. Nick doesn't pick the assistant coaches how he does. So let's go on here, and I'm going to start it off with Jalen Carter. How many people would take Jalen Carter if he's to fall at 10 to the Eagles? By the way, the player is a game-changing type player. He is a player that's in the conversation with Aaron Donald, Warren Sapp, guys like that. He's that kind of football productive player. If he happens to fall because of the unfortunate situation that he was involved in, street racing, a person unfortunately passed away, what do you do? If he falls to 10, okay? If he falls to 10, do you take him? I'm going to give you guys a story. Okay, I'm going to give you a story on Jerome Brown, your very own. And you know how much I love the guy. Jerome had a weapons issue. Uzis, handguns, threw him off campus because he had multiple weapons in his dorm room. Jerome also did street racing out front of Coral Gables, out front of the school on Miracle Mile. That's the road that's adjacent to the college. And he was out there constantly doing that. He had a Grand National, and he used to race everybody. I raced him. When you're young, you do dumb things. And as I said, I think there's two situations, and maybe even three situations when we're talking about Jalen Carter here. I got a feeling he's going to fall to 10. I got a feeling he's going to fall to 10. By the way, he's the best player in the draft. He is the best player in the draft, him or Will Anderson. You're going to pass on that? So here, let me give you the story, and then you decide, and I'm going to tell you what I would do. 
I want to know the story. I want to know the truth. I saw you released a statement. And once I did my due diligence, then I would turn to my own internal people. Who coached him at Georgia? Well, the D-line coach of the Eagles is Tracy Rocker. He recruited him. He knows everything about that kid's past. Then I would talk to Jordan Davis. What was he like as a teammate? Then I would talk to N'Kobe Dean, who was the leader on that Georgia defense. And then I would say, what do you guys make of it? He's a good dude. He's a bad dude. We really love him. He's a great guy. Made a mistake. And if the NFL clears him, and it's only misdemeanor stuff, I'm drafting him at 10 without an issue except for this one issue. For this one issue, decision-making. You know, I've said this before to people. You know that Jeremy Tunsil stuff that happened with a family member posting that bong hit that he had with that gas mask? which is absolutely criminal, but that a family member would do that to you. I don't give a shit about that. And I would have drafted him in the first round. I had no problem with it. My problem was with a guy like Randy Gregory. Everybody at Nebraska told him, dude, don't smoke weed going into the combines. What does he do? He smokes weed and he goes in the third round, I think it was. That's decision-making. That's decision-making. That's my problem. And that's what I would have to get over because I would go to Jalen Carter. So you did this in January, knowing full well in the first week of February that you're going to be at the NFL Combines in Indianapolis and you thought it was in your best interest to go out there and look like a hooligan? I got a problem with that decision-making process that you have. Tell me and lead me why you went here. Well, we were just kids and having fun. Dude, you're going to get adult money. You're going to be put in a position of leadership and to be an adult. Drag racing in front of your college is not good decision-making three weeks before the freaking draft. That's my problem with the kid. That's my problem. If I'm able to get over that, I'm taking the kid, and I'm not going to. So you would have two rookie kids on your defensive line on rookie contracts, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. That means it would give you flexibility to move off of Javon Hardgrave. Milton Williams will be the third dude in the rotation, and I'm pretty good in a Sean Desai defense. You have to have interior linemen to make his defense work. It's the most essential part of his defense is making sure you stop the run. I'm drafting the kid. And I'm not going to listen to the outside noise. Everybody F's up. Everybody, again, unfortunately. And by the way, again, I'm not even talking about the casualty and the death in this situation because I think that's a separate conversation. We're talking about the kid's future here. If he's exonerated... I'm playing him. If he's exonerated and I feel comfortable, hey, the Eagles have 
sign Michael Vick before. You've had guys in the locker room like Riley Cooper before that were questionable when it came to upsetting a locker room. Shit, you had Carson Wentz in the locker room. Again, I get the situation and I get the circumstances are completely different here. Some guy goes like this. Coach goes, I'm not taking a DT at 10. You took one at 13 last year. What are you talking about? So you're telling me you wouldn't draft Aaron Donald if he was in the draft at 10? That's a poor decision. So get this. Some of you are saying, I'm not taking a DT at 10. So you wouldn't take a pass rushing guy like that at 10. That could be Aaron Donald or could be a guy like John Randall. You wouldn't take that. What in the world are you thinking? I'm looking to get the best players in the draft on my team at a discount, which means the draft is the discount. I'm taking Jalen Carter. I'm not passing that up. If he's exonerated, Eagles should have no... Tracy Rocker recruited him. Tracy Rocker recruited him. He's the D-line coach for the Eagles. I'd go right to him. Hey, if he falls to 10, we're taking him, right? Yeah. I think he's better than Will Anderson. I think he's better than Will Anderson. I do. Would you guys take him? Yes or no? Hey, get this. You're going to get either the corner. I've written written down a couple guys here, 10 guys that I think the Eagles should target in the draft, and you guys got two picks. Carter's one of those picks you have to take. You just can't scoot by him and take the lesser guy. You got to need that D tackle. You're not signing Javon Hargrave. Why would you? 30 years old, 18 million? Do you really think the Eagles are in that conversation? I don't. And I don't because I don't think they want to be. Philly, what's up, brother? Appreciate you coming in. And by the way, maybe a guy like Jalen Carter can kickstart Jordan Davis's career again. And both those two guys wreak havoc. Like you see up in Washington with those two Alabama guys in the middle of that commander's defense. Okay? I, I, I love the pick. If he clears, I saw he put a statement out. Would you take him? By the way, Jalen Carter is better than any corner that's in the draft. He's better than any quarterback. He's more, I'm telling you, this guy is the real deal here. And don't let outside noise and all the people who have no impact on any intel on this situation deter that. I wouldn't let anybody deter me. If I'm sitting there at Chicago and I need a run-stopping DT, do you know that the Bears had earmarked him for the number one pick? Carter's the number one pick right now for the Bears. But get this, some Eagle fans in here are doing this. I wouldn't take him at 10, really. So some people would look at Bryce Young and go, yeah, I'm going to take, you're going to take a 5'10 and a half guy 
185 pounds a quarterback, and you think that's going to work, but you'll pass on this guy. If he exonerates himself and, again, bad situation, bad timing. That's my problem with this, and I agree with you guys. I agree. Decision-making has to be part of the evaluation of any player, especially a first-round pick, especially potentially the first pick in the draft. No DT's worth it. So he says Aaron Donald's not worth it, Coach Terrence. Or a pass rusher is not worth it. Or a run stopper or both. So you wouldn't draft a Dominican Sue at 10. That's an idiotic comment. So you get internal pressure and a run stopper, and you got Redick. You think that improves your defense? I'm not passing on him. JC goes, I doubt he slides to 10. I think it's iffy. Especially if there becomes momentum. Okay? Especially, hey, momentum happens. Sap felt it. Randy Moss felt it. Dan Marino felt it. Sometimes you get momentum going around you. And even if the situation, Dan Marino, do you know what Dan Marino's problem was? He was involved in drugs his senior year at Pitt. That's why he threw more interceptions and touchdowns. And it's why he fell to 28. Turned out none of that to be true. But Marino fell to the Dolphins. Instead, other teams drafted Tony Eason and guys like O'Brien and them dudes. Tone says Jalen Carter could completely change the defensive line for the Eagles. He could be better than Fletcher Cox. Absolutely. This guy's Aaron Donald, and he's a sap talent. He is absolutely a sap talent. And I'll ask you again. I want to read some of these. Do you think you would take him at 10 if you're Howie Roseman? Daniel says, if Carter is clear and he drops at 10, we would be stupid not to take him. Kyle says, I mean, you stick him on this team with Jalen leading. I think he gets this dude hype too. prove everyone he belongs. He has integrity. Absolutely. I think if Chicago does not pick him, he falls. Sills, you think Philly 500 will drop to 10? I don't know. Damn, okay, Sills. Didn't know that about Marion. What? Jerome Brown had issues. Gun possession. Jerome would be fighting for the kid if he was on the Eagles or if he was alive today. He'd be fighting for him. Eagles should take him. Guarantee you. That's why I'm fighting for him. Kid made a stupid mistake. As long as it's not more than what's being reported. And by the way, he lied. I would too. So would you. Man, I effed up. When you have so much to lose, you're going to lie. That's human nature. I would lie too. I would lie too. And you would too. 
You know that. You're involved in something that you thought you were having fun. Someone dies. You're going to tell the truth when you know you're the first pick in the draft? Of course you're not. You're going to lie. I would too. Sills, that didn't want to, you, you know, you're right. Then you're caught in another one. Then you have to have a come to Jesus conversation. Anybody in their right mind that doesn't think that the kid lied to covered the wrongdoing of being involved in it, no matter what his involvement is, and he wasn't going to say a lie, you don't know human nature very well. He's a kid. That's right, Daz. I'm not excusing the results of what happened. We all have to pay for mistakes we make in life. Okay? This will hang with him forever. Absolutely. Especially since he knew him. But to sit here and think that, well, the kid lied. He's got bad, he, 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 he's got bad character, like Todd McShay says. No. The kid was just being a kid, and he was stupid when he lied. I would lie. You would lie. Hey, when you have nothing to lose, you're not going to lie. But when you have everything to lose, again, that's why this comes back to decision-making. Dude, it's January. You're doing this shit? Why? You're, you know in February you got, the, you got the combines, and here you are doing this. You know, when you're young and you're a guy like that and you're a player like that, you think nothing can affect you until it does. Okay? Sit here and say, well, he lied. I would too. I wouldn't tell everyone the truth. And get this, and you know what would happen? And I know the cops are going to come back and tell me I lied. He knew immediately when he lied, it was going to come back on him and haunt him. That's why he left the combines. He's got to go write this thing. But you see, we have a culture today that's called cancel culture. And these charges so far, from what I understand, are misdemeanors. Okay? He didn't kill the guy. He was there when someone died. Awful in itself. Philly 500, the kid made a mistake, but this wasn't Henry Ruggs' situation, and he fails to falls to 10, I take him. God knows I've done the same thing as he did. So did I. I raced and raced Jerome Brown out front of the University of Miami. I went number 57. He went number nine. Could we have killed someone? Yes. Was it smart? No. Did Jerome have guns in his house? Yes. Did he put him in mine? Yes. Were there drug issues at UM? Yes. For both? Yes. We're dumb. Sue us. Cancel culture. You know, I thank God. When Jerome and I were coming out, we didn't have social media like they have now. And assholes like Todd McShay saying shit about Jalen Carter and he doesn't even know him from a can of paint. Oh, I know guys who know him. Imagine that. Guy goes on ESPN 
And he tells you shit like this. Well, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows Jalen Carter, and they say he's got character issues. Really? Wow, that sounds like people in Washington. What, do you work for the Washington Post? Regardless, he will be fine in the grand scheme of things. This is Tone. It's up to teams like the Eagles to put their pride to the side and draft the kid. I don't have one problem. Once I find out all the intel, okay, and I feel comfortable. And again, my my main conversation with Jalen Carter, I think he's going to fall to 10. Just like Sapp fell. You know, Dennis Green said, I'll never let that ever happen again. He let Sapp fall, and that's why Randy Moss did not fall past the Vikings when Dennis was there. He's like, not happening. Biggest mistake he said he ever made was listening to the outside shit because Sapp failed a marijuana test. I don't give a shit about a marijuana test. I care more about decision-making. I don't care. I take the kid. We've all effed up. I've been in the kid's situation. Not to the extent that someone lost their life, but I know what he's going through. Would I lie? Yes. Would Jerome lie? Yes. Would we know the authorities would come back days later or a couple weeks later and tell us that's not the truth? Yes. You make it sound like the kid's doing something like, oh, you caught him in a lie. That's character. No, it's not character. It's fear. It's fear. He's afraid right now. He should be. He should be afraid. This is the kind of shit that makes you do what Ray Lewis did after that whole Atlanta thing. You know what that is? Separate yourself from shit like that. Don't do it again. Don't ever get into a position like that. And guess what? You move on from it. You can't outrun it, but you move on from it. I love that comment, Brian. My favorite line, I used to say this to people all the time. You don't win championships with choir boys. You don't win anything with choir boys. I don't want bad people on my team, but if you think you're going to win championships with choir boys, you're not thinking who these men really are. Carter and Davis in the middle of your defense and they're on rookie contracts. It's a dream come true for Howie Roseman. <laughs> Get the money that you could save. I don't have to. Dude, watch this. Would I rather have Javon Hardgrave or Jalen Carter? I'll take Jalen Carter 10 times. Not even a thought about it. He's better. Davis doesn't suck. He just needs to get better. But he is a great player. Sills Carter Davis stuffing in the middle. Dude, 
Sean Desai's defense has those two guys in the middle. That defense will rival the numbers that they had and against better players that you're going to be facing this year on a better schedule. Your front will be better. Watch this. Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Josh Sweat. That's a formidable D-line. That could be the best defensive line in the entire NFC. Davis doesn't have – Davis is slow. Last year's combine, he ran a 478 at 348. What are you, nuts? He's slow. He was 348 pounds, and he ran a 478. He's slow? I don't know what clock you're looking at. And this kid Carter runs a 47. Two dudes at 325 pounds in the middle of your defense running four sevens. Good night. Good night. Big Sills, would you trade the 30th pick to move up for Carter? You don't need to. He's going to fall to you at 10. He's going to fall to you at 10. Look, Jordan Davis needs to play a little lower, but guess what? Jalen Carter's going to be next to him. He's going to be next to him. He's going to be telling him, hey, and you know what? They're going to trust one another because they've played with each other. It's it's a match made in heaven. Dude, draft a kid. If he clears the – you know what's crazy? People are talking about this misdemeanor stuff, and I get it, man. Someone lost their life. If you could clear Deshaun Watson and he gets cleared, I won't think 10 seconds about it, except the decision-making, like I said. Antonio goes, let's be real. Carter's not going to fall. Yeah, just like Dan Marino didn't fall, like Sapp didn't fall, like Moss didn't fall. Are you kidding me? Guys fall in the draft all the time because of stuff like this. Are Really? This is the stuff that makes you fall. Looking for these little tiny tidbits that you will fall. By the way, teams that pass on him are going to regret it. Especially if you need an interior D lineman. This guy's the best prospect at defensive tackle and interior tackle since Adama Kitsu. Sue's been the best in the last 20 years. 6'5", 3'25", can move was strong as hell. Sue's, Sue's a Hall of Fame player. Sue's all, some of the, but uh, Daz is going, Michael Parsons fell. Yeah, Parsons, that whole COVID thing made a lot of guys fall though. Okay? That, that, that COVID made a lot of guys fall because of decisions, guys bowing out of bowl games and shit like that. A lot of that stuff, man, makes you sometimes, you know, it drop into COVID stuff. So the last couple of years, when you're looking at some of those guys that may have fallen in the draft, COVID played a factor. Some guys didn't play a year because of the COVID year, what have you. So that, that's kind of tough to evaluate that and throw that in there, especially over the last three years. You got to put COVID in the COVID 220 year in there and evaluate players accordingly. Aaron Donald has been better than Sue. He's not been more complete, but he's been a better pass rusher. Yes. 
Sue's a run stopper and a pass rusher. That's why I always love Fletcher Cox. Look, I get it. Aaron Donald, great pass rusher. Not very good against the run, though. You would never equate Aaron Donald in being a complete defensive tackle. He's not. He's never been. He's not been asked to do that. Today's NFL doesn't ask you to be that. They want production. Guys in the backfield making tackles. Let me tell you what you have here. You could put this kid here in this defense, Jordan Davis. Then you have Jalen Carter in the middle with both of these guys in that hybrid 43 look. And you would have your run stopper in Vince Wolfark in Jordan Davis. And in Jalen Carter, you would have your pass rusher in Warren Sapp. Are you good with that? Do you think you could win some games with that? With Josh Sweat on the perimeter and Hassan Reddick on the other side? Are you good with that? I'm damn good with that. Take him. If cleared, take him. If all the dots match up and you could connect them and you could cross all your T's, I wouldn't think... I wouldn't think twice about him. Tracy Rocker recruited him. Now, when Tracy goes, oh, the kid's got a problem. And let me here, I'll say this to you. If he's there at 10 and the Eagles pass on him, it's because Tracy didn't want him. All right. Exactly what I told you all year long has come out now. And I'm going to decipher. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Gardner-Johnson posted on his Twitter page, I guess a soundbite that Paulie Shore posted on Jonathan Gannon saying that he needed to put players in better positions, what have you. I love it. I love it. Gardner-Johnson is telling you, this guy wasn't good. We balled out. Wasn't him. It was us told you that the whole year Jonathan Gannon is not a good D coordinator never was your own star player now is validating that they never thought shit of him now that he's out of the building he's talking and telling the truth dude so wait a minute are you under the notion that Jonathan Gannon put those guys in positions to win and how about this just the Super Bowl, that that would garner that kind of emotion from CJ to post that. You think it was just the Super Bowl? It was all year long. Those guys must have been talking to themselves on the sidelines and in the locker room every day on how bad Gannon sucked. You didn't get sacks in exotic blitzes. You got sacks by guys balling. Radic stepping up. Josh Sweat. The secondary with CJ. Bradbury and Slay. What did Jonathan Gannon have to do with player production? Zero. I could take that same scheme that he has. Well... He did. The year before, they sucked. Man, he's so lucky in his two years, the Eagles haven't had a hard schedule. 
That defense was so paper mache. Honest to God, man. That thing's like popsicle sticks. It's like building a house with popsicle sticks. Building a defense with Jonathan Gannon's mentality. And the Eagles offered him a contract and a raise. Jesus criminy. It's the worst. Here. You know, and yes, and you know what? And I say this to you guys, and I do think the Eagles do great a great job at hiring assistants. I really do. But this guy is the players or your star player is now telling you this guy sucked. This guy sucked. This guy sucked. Now, by the way, how does this influence CJ coming back to the Eagles now? Does he want to come back? Or does he not? Does he see the writing on the wall? Do you take this as leadership? Or do you take this as a sign of being unprofessional? How do you look at it? Me, I got a player telling the truth. I'm not going to penalize a player for telling the truth. He felt that that guy put him in a position of failure, especially in the most critical game of the year. And he, he barked it. He, he, he's a talker anyway. He was a talker in New Orleans. Do you want him back now? After what you've seen with what he said and how he threw Jonathan Gannon under a bus, how do you feel about that? I take that as a merit badge. I give that kid kudos for speaking up, going, that guy's not as good as he thinks he is. That's what I, I took it. That guy's not as good as he thinks he is. And you know what? The majority of us who were watching that defense played were saying the same shit all year. Now that the player says it, he's a bad guy? How? How is he a bad guy? As a matter of fact, I want to give him a merit badge. Do you do do you want him back? Dude, he's a I I was gonna say it and I'm gonna say it. He's a great player. Bob says, Seals, do you think Carter and Davis duo in the middle makes Dean a more viable? As a back, yeah. Hey, I think that would make N'Kobe Dean's life better if you had Jalen Carter and you had Jordan Davis as your D tackles. I think N'Kobe Dean would probably benefit the most. Absolutely. CJ Bob Sanders, that's such a great comparison because I see it too. Absolutely. Bring his ass back. Because you took a shot at Jonathan Gannon, that's going to make me not want you back? I could give a shit if I'm Howie or Nick. By the way, I'm about ready to jump in here on Nick. And again, exactly, it's being validated. Every time that Howie Roseman or Nick speaks, it validates all the shit that we've been telling you. You know, there's certain people in the media that don't like what CJ did. Snowflakes. This is about players, not coaches. 
the Jimmys and the Joes. Remember, you don't win championships with choir boys. You win championships with tough, mentally-minded, leader-producing players. That's how you win ball games. I'll tell you this, man. An NFL locker room compared to life doesn't remotely come close. Because you know why? You could say whatever you want in a locker room. There's all kinds of ramifications if we say something dumb. But remember this. It's all about producing. You could have a fat mouth, be an asshole. But if you produce, people will overlook it. But once you're not good and you start opening your fly hole and you're not a good coach, your ass is going to get drug. There's 53 seats in that locker room. Nobody hands them out. See, and sometimes in life, and this is what most people want today, they want participation medals or participation seats. There's no such thing in the NFL locker room as a participation chair. Nobody has, well, here's a locker for this guy here, even though he doesn't deserve it. The locker room has none of that shit. You want to know why sometimes I get in trouble for some of the shit I say? Because I'm a, I'm a child of that environment. I'm, I'm, I'm a product of that environment. I'm not a product of the media people that learned how to talk sports with a pen and a piece of paper. I had mud in my hand or a baseball bat or a wrestling Gion. That's how I learned sports. Not with a pa- piece of paper and a pencil. I was in a locker room with Jerome. Ninety percent of the people on the planet, man, could never survive in that thing. It's about winning at any cost. Well, you think people in the locker room haven't had stupid decision-making issues when they were younger, like this Jalen Carter thing? And then when CJ speaks up about a shitty coordinator, that's bad? Unprofessional? Give me a break. Look at the coaches that get opportunities like Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen. By the way, how many people think that Matt Nagy, now that he's the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, We'll get him next year. Watch watch Matt Nagy have a head coaching job where Eric Bieniemy spent seven years or whatever it was in Kansas City as the OC. Couldn't get a sniff of a gig. You watch that guy get a job. You watch. He'll be back in line again. Andy will prop him up. Everyone will look at him. Oh my God, Matt Nagy, and he gets a job. You watch. The enemy would be still the OC in Washington. You watch. It's funny how our league works. Yeah, Nagy would be an NFL head coach. And the enemy still having to go all over trying to be a head coach. You watch. You watch. So let me throw into this one now. Before we get into the topics. 
So I'm listening to Nick Sirianni. And there was a little nugget that got thrown out. And even Howie brought it up. Do you know when Nick Sirianni got to Philadelphia, he didn't know half the coaching staff or who they were, the linebacker coach, the secondary coach, guys in the offense. He didn't know any of them. And, and again, I'm not talking about the process because I've said this to you. They do a really great job of hiring. They really do a great job. The Eagles do a great job of hiring. They, they do a great job of hiring. I'm, 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 and I'm not talking about that. But anybody in their right mind that thinks that Nick Sirianni picks these coaches or had anything to do with Sean Desai being the D.C. or even Brian Johnson being the O.C. is crazy. He has input, but he's not the decision maker. That coach is a replaceable piece as much as Doug Peterson was. He's the benefit of winning for sure. But the first thing that that thing goes sideways and it's not winning, he'll be the first casualty. He'll be the first casualty. That's the Eagle organization. Dude, if you could fire Andy Reid and you could fire Doug Peterson, you could fire Nick Sirianni in a Philly second. They can't stop me, says Brian was a smart decision. That's Jalen's homie. Nick didn't make that call. That's my conversation. So when you guys are telling me you think Nick Sirianni is some great coach, is he? Is Nick Sirianni a great coach? We won't know until he goes to Jacksonville, like Doug. Or gets another job, like Andy. We won't know. We know this. Chip got a job in San Francisco. He wasn't an NFL guy. He had to go back to college. That's what he is. He's a college guy, like Nick Saban. Chip knows now he can't go to the NFL. He's not an NFL guy. And the NFL knows that. So the coaching staff in Philadelphia is handpicked by the GM. And again, I'll say this to you. It seems to be working. It does. It seems to be working because they really make great hires. But Nick, when he said that, I didn't know the coaching staff. I didn't know half the coaching staff. Tells me he sets the deck, and this is Howie. And this is how he sets the deck. Howie will put down on a piece of paper maybe 30 names. Nick will look at him and go, oh, I know this guy, or I know that guy. And those will be the guys that probably Howie interviews first, but then makes a decision with the owner. You think that Howie Roseman is going to put his roster moves in the hands of somebody that doesn't think the long, along the lines that he thinks? This is why Sean Desai kind of is a disciple a little bit, but better and smarter 
than Gannon. He's better and smarter than Gannon. Okay? Now look, by the way, I'm not I'm not ripping Howie here actually. I'm not even really ripping Nick. But from now on, when a coach and you guys are mad at a position coach, don't get mad at Nick. Nick's got nothing to do with it. All of this is Howie vision. This falls on Howie vision. All the decisions, everything. Since Howie Roseman has come out of the broom closet, every decision, personnel-wise, hiring of coaches, free agency, game plan, is by that guy. He runs the whole ship. Now, again, this is not really a rip. It's more of an observation. Is that fair? I'm, I'm, again, I'm, it's an observation. That's why he, he got smarter in the draft, didn't he? Had the Joe Douglases, the Andy Walls, the Andrew Barrys. He got smarter, man. He got better pro and college personnel people helping him. Because what is he? He's a checkbook guy. Howie Roseman's nothing more than an accountant. But he's smart. He's hiring smarter people around him. That's why the organization is having all these other teams want to come and grab an assistant general manager or a D-line coach or an offensive coordinator or a D coordinator. Howie is smart because he's hiring quality people around him. You know what the Bucks used to do? Can I tell you what the Glazers used to do? The Glazers, if you signed a contract and you were part of the Buccaneers, the Glazers would never allow you an interview at any circumstances when you signed contracts to be their assistant coaches. They would, including their front office people. When they had Rich McKay in the general manager's room and Jerry Angelo and all those guys, some of the people that went up the I don't think John Schneider was part of that buck front office, but all those guys sound, they signed no compete contracts. The Glazers would never let you out of the building unless they got compensation for it. I think you're going to start to, I don't know if you still have that rule, if you could still do that, because you see a lot of guys moving around now. They probably actionate that because the buck guys, you can't go you, – you used to not be – I used to go, why isn't that guy – that's how they got – they had to beg the, – the Steelers had to beg the Bucks and Tony Dungy to interview Mike Tomlin. They had to beg him. And Dungy went okay. That's how he got the job. Howie is an accountant. That's gotten to be a pretty smart front office football man. He picks everything. Nick is now telling you, I have no say in the coaching staff. I thought that was pretty interesting, to say the least. How he has all the say. Nick has input. Nick's the front man. But it's really Howie 
Now, that has to have you believe that Howie Roseman has something to do with the way the game is going to be called. Because indirectly, the guys he hires are how he sees the offense to be played out. So in theory, Sundays, this is the rub with Doug. Sundays now, that's Howie's game plan. Let Jalen run it. Why would you let Jalen run it? Well, he's my best draft choice since I've been a Philadelphia Eagle. I've got the best draft choice in the history of my tenure as GM of the Eagles in Jalen Hurts. I won a Super Bowl in 17. I now have two NFC championships on my hand. My football team has two first-rounders. I think he's going to have as many as nine picks in the upcoming draft because of the compensation picks. Howie Roseman has set this franchise up marvelously. And he set it up where, guess what? There's going to be no Chip Kelly stabbing him in the back where he's sent to the broom closet anymore. Him and the, him and the owner have a system now. It's a good one. Dallas tries running this system. The problem, though, is that Jerry, instead of just being the owner, he wants to be Howie Roseman. See, that's the problem in Dallas. Jerry Jones, instead of hiring a Howie Roseman, he plays the role of Howie Roseman and the owner. And that's why it goes sideways, because he falls in love with his guys. Howie loves his guys, but Howie will move off his guys. Jalen, someone goes, Devontae Smith's his best pick? Doubtful. What's the most important position on the field? Franchise quarterback. You can have all the wide receivers you want. You get the franchise quarterback right, that's your best pick. He's had, you, you know what, how he's going to end up having when everything is said and done? Howie Roseman is going to have the worst pick in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz and potentially the best pick in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Man. Nick's a puppet. He's Nick's kind of like Mike McCarthy. Kind of like Mike McCarthy. Seals, you're saying the Rooney rule trumps the Glazer lockdown? Shit, man. The Glazers wouldn't let anybody near their assistant coaches back in the day. I was there for 15 years. I saw it. Doug, Doug Williams told me the whole scoop, and so did Bruce Allen. They don't let anybody talk to their guys. That's changed. That's changed. Because they let Leftwich talk to the Jags last year, and he also talked to Marshall because they were looking for a head coach. Nick worried with, worked with Shane and Gannon, though, before he was the head coach. Myrus, who do you think recommended Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon? Here's where I'm going to help you, where nobody in your market gives you the insight that we have. Myra, see what Myra says here? Hey, Tone, put that up. 
Nick worked with Shane and Gannon, though before he was a head coach. He wanted them too. Those are Frank Reich guys. Frank Reich recommended them guys to Howie. They worked for Frank. They worked for Frank in San Diego with Mike McCoy. They didn't work for Nick. They worked for Frank. Those are Frank Reich guys, not Nick Sirianni guys. They were in Indianapolis together. Who do you think brought him there, Nick? Frank did. They're not. They're not Nick. Who do you think recommended Nick Sirianni to the Eagles? Frank Reich. When they were making the move, by the way, Frank basically came on our program a year ago and said that. Yeah, I recommended Nick. Well, Nick worked for him when he was the OC in San Diego with Rivers. Why do you think Rivers landed in Indianapolis? And Steichen was the um, OC there with Frank. Why do you think that worked out like that? Because they were all in San Diego together. I know I was there. All those guys work for Frank Reich, not for Nick. Nick worked with them. I'm saying he knew he. Uh, that, that's right. But all these guys were recommended to. How, do you know how much they love Frank Reich? Will one day be the head football coach, in my opinion, of the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, he'll be the head coach there. If, if, if Sirianni ever failed, Frank Reich is going to be your head coach. That is something that I will, I, will, I'm, I will have a prediction that in the next seven years, Frank Reich will be the Eagle head coach. You watch. The owner loves Frank. Frank came on the program last week and said he talked to the owner the head coach and the GM about being your OC this year. That's why you come here. That's why you come here. By the way, top of the hour, 10 people that I think we're going to take a look at for the upcoming NFL draft. And also something that I'm not understanding when it comes to Jalen Hurts and the fan base. I want to get into that again. So this, this, this combine has shown me a lot. Every, you know, you really don't see Howie and Nick talking a lot when it comes to – you know, here, I'm going to say this to you. They talk to the national folks a lot differently than they talk to the local folks. I think the Eagles talk down to the local folks, and they talk up to the national guys because every time they open their mouth, it's something completely different. Shit, man, we found out that Jalen Hurts was more hurt than what was reported through Peter King, not through a local reporter. The local reporters had nothing on it. They, they, hey, they had nothing on it, right? All of a sudden, we're finding out more about Jalen Hurts' injury through Peter King. We're finding all that out 
More so through Peter King. No, Bob, that's because they control the local market and which guys can go into the Novacare Center or not. That's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. I can't believe the news that came out eagle-wise at the Combines. It was crazy. Listening to a, a coach say that he didn't know his coaching staff, I never saw a story like that in the Inquirer or anybody on any of the radio stations or anybody even here saying that. Everybody's under the notion here that Nick makes the hires. That's not true. He told you that. Chris goes, I could see Frank working under Sirianni, but not as a head coach. Um, those two guys have a lot of love for one another. I think that'd be the only situation that Frank would, would work with. I'm trying to think somebody else. Sean McDermott, maybe. Um, Frank would work under him. I, I know Frank 42 years. So I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the guys that I think he would work under. Um, I don't think he'd work under McVeigh. I don't think he would work. He would work under Eberflus because that's one of his guys. Eberflus was on that Colt staff. The guy that's in Chicago right now, that's one of Frank's guys. So he would work in Chicago. He would work for Doug, for sure, down in Jacksonville. Okay? He would. Frank knew Dungy very well. Dungy had an impact. Um Frank was an assistant coach at 14 or 15 different places, man. He was a gypsy forever. He really was. He's paid his dues. I, I'm so happy for him in Carolina. I, 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 I think he's going to try to convince Derek Carr to go there. How, how smart was Derek Carr's people? Derek Carr floated out that he, he'll accept $35 million. That's $15 million under the market price. That's why he's got 17 teams, it seems, that are in the mix to try to land him. He's going to change a team's fortune. Like, if he goes to Washington, I don't know, man. That could shake the room up a little bit in the NFC East. He's good enough to move the meter there. He's he's good enough to move the meter, okay? Like, right now, I think Derek Carr's better than Matthew Stafford. I think he's better than Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm talking about the he's better than anything that's in San Francisco right now. He's better than anything in the NFC South. He's better than anything. Depending on if Aaron Rodgers gets out of the uh, Packers, he's better than anything in the NFC North. Carr could shake the room up. He's better than he's better than Kirk Cousins. He's better than Stafford. Okay, Seals. Do you think Jacksonville takes Carter? You know what's going to happen? Jerry Jones is going to take Carter. He'll trade up and get him. Watch. Watch Doug land him and have a force in the middle. That kid is a great football player, and I'm not passing on him on 10. I am not doing that. Not happening because of a dickhead named Todd McShay. Not happening. He doesn't have any impact at all when it comes to people. It's just now that the media and social media now has such a massive impact on how you have an impression of somebody. Can you imagine? 
You got a guy like that who doesn't know anybody. You actually think that he knows Kirby Smart well enough for Kirby Smart to go, hey, guess what? He's got a character problem. You think that's what Kirby Smart would say? Really? You think Tracy Rocker, the Eagle D-line coach, would sit there and go, that guy's not a good dude. Bob Sills, were you on the, were you and Frank on the same team at Maryland? Yeah, Bob. Right there is our ACC championship we won with Boomer Esiason in 1983. Yeah. I've known Frank since 80, I've known Frank since 83. How many years that is? I've known him that long since 1983. We were teammates and friends, good friends when I was there. Okay. That kid is an impact guy. He's Warren. Hey, watch this. Warren Sapp has issues. Would you still want him as an Eagle? Let me ask you this. Sapp's been arrested. He had issues in his NFL career too. Would you still want him? Yes or no? Would you would you still want him? If Washington gets a franchise quarterback to pair with Terry McLaurin and also to the other kid from Penn State was pretty decent. And that skill position group and defense, I wouldn't be shocked if they won the NFC. Marky, plus their defense and their two interior tackles. Guys are all like, hell yeah. Remember something. Championships aren't won by choir boys. All right. I want to ask you something about Jalen Hurts. Also, 10 players that I think the Eagles should target. We're going to do that. I appreciate everybody a little more on Jalen Carter. Maybe you guys disagree. But I'm not passing on that guy on 10. Not happening. Not happening. Silsy lied. I would too. So would Jerome. So would anybody that was going to be the first player taken and know that they effed up. Be honest with yourselves. One time, media people, be honest. Todd McShay's telling you, I wouldn't lie. Yeah, you would. If $50 million was on the table, you would lie. You would lie. That's not my character. You're a liar. You know why Todd would say that? Because he's never been in a position like that. When you're in a position like that, and the entire world's in front of you, I've been in a position like that. Hour two, keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. 
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. National Football Show. I mean, how many people are do-gooders out there? Makes me sick to my stomach when I hear that bullshit. Well, I'm not taking Jalen Carter because, you know, he's involved. Work work the problem. Don't just go by the whims of social media because most of the time, it's the outhouse wall of social media is Twitter. It's like when you go into a truck stop and you see Bob's a dick written on a toilet wall. That's what Twitter is. It's a toilet wall. I'm going to do my homework because you know why? I'm not listening to jackasses that never get their draft boards right. You know what the question you have to ask for guys like McShay and guys like Mel Kuyper and even guys like Mike Mayock? How many times do they actually hit on them? Like, never. All they do is create content for these networks, and they're never right. They're never right. Because you know why you're never right? Unless you have the number one overall pick, 
you don't know what teams are picking at seven, eight, nine, ten. You have no idea what the board's going to look like. You get a situation like this with Jalen Carter with a guy potentially falling. How in the world could you put a mock draft together with any common sense now because of this factor here? But yet you get guys going, this guy's a character guy and he's he's got problems. And you're like, bro, you've never in the history of being on ESPN ever have hit on more than 20% of your picks in the first 32. Ever. I looked it up. He's never right. So I'm going to take a guy who's never right. It's word that Jalen Carter's bad character guy. I'm going to ask Tracy Carter. I'm going to ask uh, Tracy Rocker. Tracy, what's the kid like? Now, look, if the Eagles pass on him at 10, it was because Tracy said something. Hey, maybe there is something there. If Tracy Rocker passes on him, then I'm going to know there is some truth to it. But if Tracy takes him, I'm going to have no problem. I know Tracy Rocker. I play ball with Tracy Rocker. See, this is something that you guys don't get anywhere else. I know Frank Wright, who's hired all these assistants that Nick – Nick is from Frank's world, not Frank from Nick's world. Everybody that Nick hires, I know. I played with your D-line guy. I know your new D coordinator. I know Jeff Stoutland. They're all hurricanes. I know these guys. I can talk to them. What's this guy like? Send Tracy a text. You want to hear something? I'll devolve something. Jalen Carter, bad kid, bullshit. Bullshit. It's good enough for me. Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. Man, you really don't have to be a really good analyst any longer. You just got to be a great bullshit artist. No wonder I can't get far because I can't lie like that. I can't make shit up like that. I never will. I can't lie and connive like that. I just can't. I could never ruin a kid's life by not, by making something up by going, the kid's got bad character. No, the kid made a bad mistake. There's a difference. There's a difference between making a mistake being a bad dude, isn't there? I think there is. But some people like to tie them all together. People make mistakes. You know, but Man, I'll tell you what, man. The shit I did at 21 and the shit Jerome Brown did at 21, I'm wearing that hat for a reason. Because I know this, and I'm going to say this to you guys. How many people here revere Jerome Brown? How many people here revere him? Revere Jerome. How many people do? Jerome would val- Jerome would be battling for the kid. I know that for a fact. Jerome Jerome would want the kid on the Eagles.
Todd McShay. But see, this is what happens, especially in a market like Philly now, because you know what's really happened? No disrespect to some of you guys, but the media people now are snowflakes, especially the writers. They'll, they'll put it out there that Eagles take a gamble on a bad dude or a guy, and they'll, they'll label them without knowing them, which is standard today. And what they'll do is they'll make the Eagles feel that they have to put out a PR statement on why they took the kid. Instead of just saying this, we took him because we did our homework. I don't have to tell you and explain to you why. That's what I would tell you. I don't owe you an explanation why I took the kid. I don't owe you anything. Well, what do you think the fans will say? The fans know our organization and the kind of people we are and the kind of people we hire and the kind of things we do here. If after 20-some-odd years that Jeffrey Lurie has owned that Eagle team, they don't know what kind of people and what kind of personnel people and what kind of people are in that front office by now, hiring a guy like Jalen Carter or drafting a guy like Jalen Carter, it's not going to change that notion of who they are and what they are because a media guy wrote some shitty column. Okay? Bad situation. If this guy was driving the car to kill that guy, that's a different world for me too. Look, this is still not cool. I say he falls to 10. By the way, if he falls to nine, I might jump up there and get him. He's the best player in the draft. You're going to pass on him because of what? Misdemeanors. So someone was killed, unfortunately. Unfortunately. But if the league clears them, I'm not going to sit there and put a moral tag on it. I want to win some games. Take his ass. If he falls there, he's mine. That's what I would say. Can you imagine this? How he's sitting at 10 now with the potential of Jalen Carter and all of those cornerbacks that potentially could be there? Holy shit. What if, what if, what if this comes down? What if this comes down? Jalen Carter falls to 10. Somebody calls Howie up and says this. Hey, I'll give you another one. And I'll give you a two to slide into 10. Carter's yours. I get my corner. You're freaking in the catbird seat with this thing falling to you. This is the best news on the planet for the Eagle organization. If that guy falls to 10, what's to say the Vikings don't call and go, hey, what will it take for us to move into 10? And you slide down to 14 and get the kid the safety from Bama or one of the corners because the slide of Carter is going to affect every other position player outside a quarterback. This is a great – look – I'm separating his situation, which is horrible. But this is a great situation for the Eagles. Howie Roseman must have went, best news we got all day is Carter's going to fall. 
someone's going to jump there and go like this, and they're going to go, I'll tell you what, at 10, plus you get them cheaper. How he gets another pick, maybe a first or dude, I'm not giving Jalen Carter up for anything less than a one. Another one. No dice. I'm I'm either taking a kid or you're giving me a one. That kid's worth the one, man. He's the one. He could have been the first pick. I'm not giving up the first pick at 10 for a second rounder. What are you nuts? Carson goes, he won't slip to 10. Well, you don't know draft history then very well. Charles goes, dude, at 10, you're kidding. Of course you take him. Well, we'll see what some of the media people in Philly say. Good, good. So, 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 so look, look, you're sitting here at 10. So wait a minute now. Wait a minute. <laughs> Let me add Jalen Carter's name to this list. Jesus, I, I had 10. Jalen Carter. Jesus, criminy. Georgia. DT. So here are the potential players that he can draft and that I think will be available to Howie Roseman at 10 and 30. Depending on what he does, I think these are guys you could target. I'm going to go Jalen Carter. What? Man. Watch this. Here's, here, here, here's the evaluation on him. Potentially could be the first pick in the draft. He is a Warren Sapp, John Randall, um, Aaron Donald type productive player. Phenomenal feet, quick, fast, strong. His engagement is spectacular. He gets off the block, could play in a three, a two, a one, could put him on a nose, could put him in a 43, 34, put him in a bare front. There's nothing this kid can't play, and he's the most productive lineman that they have had during this recent national championship run. Is that good enough? And you might get him a 10. (laughs) Okay. Here's the other guys. So here's the group of dudes. Devon Weatherspoon, Illinois. I say he's the guy still. Cornerback. Joey Porter. Penn State. Cornerback. These are guys going to be available to you now. And by the way, the sliding of Carter makes this even more probable. Premier goes, we're not staying at 10 or 30. That's why I've got a list of guys that I think you may be targeting. There could be some of that. Jalen Ramsey, you can have him. $15 million. No interest. I'll take these kids over that bullshit. No interest in Jalen Ramsey. Zero. Um, Christian Gonzalez. Oregon. I got three corners right at the top. All the top three guys. Witherspoon, Porter, Gonzalez. Illinois, Penn State, Oregon. All great programs. Feel very comfortable. The kid, Gonzalez, was a transfer from Colorado. Um, 
I don't think he's as physical as Witherspoon. I think he's a better cover guy. And to me, Witherspoon kind of fits what Sean Desai is going to need at that role that Ed Reed will play in that hybrid 43. Okay. Then I got Tyree Wilson. Texas Tech. Edge rusher. Then I got Brian Branch. Safety. Bama. Slide back to 14. Grab him. 14th pick. He's the 14th graded player at the Combines this week. You're not overdraft. See, look, you got to remember something. As long as you're not overdrafting here. And none of these guys. By the way, not one player, including Jalen Carter, if you drafted him, you'd be overdrafting. Every one of these guys would be a value pick. Witherspoon's the sixth guy on the board. And you get him a 10, that's that's a quality pick. Porter is more of a 14, so if you got it, it's kind of slide down a little bit. But if you got him, Christian Gonzalez is like the seventh or eighth also. Get him a 10, that's a quality pick. Tyree Wilson is like the fifth pick. Get him a 10 because Carter fell? Good night, man. Remember, corner and edge rusher. There's going to be a premium in this draft on those positions. Okay? Premium. And the kid branch is like an Ed Reed safety. Hitter, strong, played on winning football, coached by Saban, Southeastern Conference, played against some of the top flight kids in the country. Dude, you're not going wrong with SEC guys. You're not going to fail. And, and like I said about Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis is not the 13th pick. They overdrafted. Remember I told you, do you guys remember this? When I said this to you about Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis, in my opinion, his ceiling is Vince Wolfork. I think Vince has a shot to go to Hall of Fame. Won three Super Bowls. Was a force on that Patriots defensive line. Uh, made all pro a bunch of times. You know, he wasn't the 13th pick. That's the problem here. He's not. He's not going to be a productive pass rusher. Okay? He's not. That's not who he was. He was more in the 20s, 15 to 22, somewhere in there is where Jordan Davis should have went because of the lack of production at Georgia. Remember? I told you, my issue with him was he never lived up to his athleticism. He showed up at the combines and blew the doors off people. But yet that production never equaled it. It just never has. It didn't in his rookie year. It never has. In five years I've been watching him play, his production does not equal his ability. The Eagles drafted him at 13, hoping he would live up to that ability. It's not happened yet. And it may never. However, is he a first-rounder? Yes. Could he be somebody like Vince? Yes. But to think he's going to be Fletcher Cox, that's not going to happen yet. I don't see it. Fletcher had six sacks at 32 years of age this year. Jordan Davis gets six sacks, I'll be shocked. Okay, I'll be shocked. He had nine sacks in 43 games in Georgia. And people think he's going to show up to Philly and have 11 sacks. That ain't happening. 
He's never produced that. Bijan Robinson. I think the Eagles should look at this kid. This kid's a Le'Veon Bell. How would Le'Veon Bell be in that in that Jalen Hurts offense? You put Le'Veon Bell with Hurts, Goddard, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith. How, how do you think that offense looks? Greg, he had seven sacks? So get this. A 32-year-old Fletcher Cox had more sacks this year than Jordan Davis almost had in his entire five-year career at Georgia in the NFL. And I'm supposed to think he's going to be an 11-sack guy? Not happening. Not happening. Steven goes, have the Eagles whiffed on their first draft picks I, I'm not saying he whiffed. They overdrafted him. They put more expectations on Davis. They thought Davis was going to come in here and be the kid Walker or Wyatt, and those guys were better skilled pass rushers. This kid Carter is the best D lineman that they've had at Georgia in the last two years of their national championship run. It's been a fact. Yeah, this kid... This kid, um, Bijan Robinson, has a lot of traits to him, in my opinion, like Le'Veon Bell. Catch the ball, 1,500 yards in the middle. One of the better, actually, Big Ten running backs that have come out of that conference when he was at Michigan State, I believe. 4-1 to 3-3. Thank you very much. Really cool. Seals love the show. Refreshing to have someone who's not a Philly homer just calling balls and strikes. Jacob might. Shut down WIP over time. Keep it up. WIP's in the pocket of the Eagles. They have to be. Uh, no, no, no shade. They have to be. It's their business partner. I know that. It's no shade on the guys who are on the air there. They can't say they're, they can't, the people at WIP can't tell the truth about the Eagles. That's the problem. That's the problem with radio today, though. You can't tell the truth any longer on it. Because your bosses and your PDs and all these other guys who think they know better get in the way. There's more speed bumps involved in radio today than ever before. That's why IP is not what it once was. Even though you guys make it that way because you're phenomenal. And Philadelphia sports fans are the best. Miles Murphy would be somebody to look at too. Um, Clemson edge rusher, you know, he's kind of falling in the draft a little bit. I'd like to know why, you know, I'd like to know why he's, he's kind of coming back a little bit. It's got to be a little bit something there, maybe production, maybe his last two years on film, because three years ago, he was really good. And I think that, you know, I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of like, he's kind of like slack, not, not out of the top 10. He's a great player. Okay, but he's kind of sliding a little bit from being in that top five now to a right around where the Eagles pick. Emmanuel Forbes, another corner, Mississippi State. You notice one? What 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 are the things that you're seeing when it comes to the skilled positions that I'm identifying for the Eagles here? What 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 am I doing here? Watch. Uh, Devon Witherspoon, Illinois. What, what's the key essential thing there? 
Why why do you think I think Witherspoon's the best corner in the draft between Porter, Gonzalez, and Forbes? Why do you guys think that I think he's the best of those three? Why do you think I I look at Witherspoon and go he's he's the better corner that's in the draft? You guys have an idea why? Physical. Uh, Witherspoon plays in the Big Ten. Physical play, all schemes. It, that's a true statement, Bob. You're not wrong. Um, Vlad, you don't want their recent players. Vlad, why would you say that? Vlad, why would you say that? You don't want the recent Illinois guys. Why would you say that? People saying Eagles shouldn't draft Jalen Carter with when Jerome Brown literally killed. That Philly guy, I'm going to um, – um, I'm not going to address that. I knew that young boy, Augusta. He was decapitated. Okay, he was decapitated. It was Jerome's sister's son. She learned of it driving home from Florida State that her son was killed and her brother. Jerome killed him. Wow. <laughs> People will say the meanest things. What a, what, a, what a cool little kid he was. He used to show up to Philly. Reggie loved him. We all did. Randall used to throw footballs to him. Well, that's right, Yell. Jerome got this brand new Z, Z28, I think it was. It was a Corvette. And it was a wet day. And he pulled out of the um, he pulled out of the dealership and he gunned it because he was trying to get across the other road. He slid down the embankment. The car flipped upside down, and Augusta was killed immediately. And Jerome, from what I'm told from the Brooksville fire people, was trying to push the car off him. He was trying to push the car off him. He couldn't do it fell back down and crushed say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. His chest killed him. There. You think Jerome meant to do that? Was he reckless? Yeah. We all were reckless then. 
We were all reckless. Did he and I race out front of UM? Yes. Did he and I do crazy shit? Were we crazy? Jimmy Johnson came on here and said, you were a handful. Well, the guy next to me was just as much of a handful. But he said he loved coaching me. Well, that's, that goes for the other guy next to me. Jerome and I were a handful, man. We were dominant dudes. <laughs> Handfuls. Remember, you don't win championships with choir boys. Well, that's what we were not. <laughs> we were not choir boys. Every time I go to Philly and I see that 99 up there, you know, it brings a smile to my face. It does. Really cool that he played there. Um, back to Witherspoon. Why do you think I love him so much? Why do you think I do? Because Lovey recruited and signed him. He's a Lovey Smith guy. Lovey Smith was the DC with Monty Kiffin that built that Tampa two defense with Mike Tomlin. Those guys identified Rondé Barber, John Lynch, dudes like that. Dude, Lovey identified him and he's that dude. I'm in. How could you pass on a guy? Witherspoon, Carter, I got a problem with Bryce Young at 5'10 and a half. <laughs> I, I do. Okay. Thank you, Steven. He fits our scheme. This new defensive scheme, yeah, I do think that. I'll vet. Those guys are dumb. But people, I've heard people saying it, though, that you see what's happening now, that if the Carter falls down to 10, you're going to rehash to Jerome Brown. Hey, and, and by the way, I can't lie, man. Jerome was a reckless dude, man. I mean, he used to be in that vet parking lot. What were those, what were those, um, those motorcycles called? Ninjas? Jerome bought this ninja in Brooksville and he shipped it up to um Philly. And he used to in his lunchtime go in that parking lot. Cause you remember you, you, you the parking lot's still big. But you remember that that vet parking lot? Jerome would go 130 miles an hour on that thing. And Jeff Fisher, you know, them guys used to hold their breath because he'd be going up down, up and down that that parking lot. I showed up there one time, man. I don't know. We, we I, I worked out. You guys had, by the way, the vet had the worst workout facility in the history of pro football. I could not believe how so. Jerome, I, Jerome worked out with me down at one buck place. Not that one buck place was any better. The new place is sensational. The old place was like a trailer park. I mean, our facility at Miami was better. And so he came down, worked out with me, and then he goes, Sills, come on up. And what, what was what was that? Who was the kid that just 
Who was the guy that just died? Worked out with us. Oh, who was the guy that was the other DT that played next to Jerome? Keith? What's the guy's name? He just passed away a year ago. What's the guy's name? A Ducati. That's what it was, Max. He had a Ducati. What was that guy's name, man? It just passed away. He was a defensive tackle that played on that line next to Jerome. Oh. Mike Pitts. Mike Pitt, no, Ken Clark. You guys remember Ken Clark? We worked out with Ken Clark and Mike Pitts. Do you guys remember those two dudes? This this is the Pro Bowl ballot. I love showing this. Jimmy's two tackles on there, Jerome and Sills, on the Pro Bowl ballot, our rookie years. We made the Pro Bowl ballot. And you know what's funny? I got Pro Bowl votes because Kevin Fagan voted for me, and I voted for Jerome. Stubbs voted for me. I voted for him too. So that's how we got votes. <laughs> uh, you guys, yeah, yeah, you guys. I we I worked out with Ken Clark and with Mike Pitts. Those two dudes were great guys, man. Great, great dudes. Mike Gullick, I didn't know Mike then. I know him more now. Yeah, man, those two guys. Yeah, those two guys were great, man. My dad would park in the vet parking lot, go to the Eagle games that went across the street and watch the Broad Street Bullies. That's a fun time, dog. Dan, you have to check out film on the running back, uh, Gibbs. I've, I've seen him. 5'11", he's a little smaller. People are saying he's a really good talent. Somebody the Eagles might want to take a look at it, that 90-second pick. If he's around then, I, I, I've seen a little bit of him. I looked at it. The running back position is just so undervalued nowadays. Okay. Why would the Eagles ask the league to allow players to wear number zero? That's the number Gonzalez wears. Zero. Watch this. If he wants double zero, I'll give it to him. I don't care. What? Why? Hey, Chris, if, if it makes a guy, hey, Chris, if you wanted to give a guy placebo pills, and he thought it made him a superstar. Would you give it to him? I would. If this if this guy wants to wear number 100 and he feels that makes him a better player, who cares? Who cares? Right? I mean, I never I never got that. Well, I'm not doing that. I'm not changing the rule. If it doesn't matter, I don't care. <laughs> guy wants to wear number 101 or 01. I don't care. I I, I don't care. Well, Gonzalez wants to wear wants to wear zero. Great. Sure. Change the rule. Hey, if they're gonna change the rule on the on the Eagle scrum, change the rule on the zero number. That's what I would do if I was Philly. And I drafted this kid, Christian Gonzalez. I would go like this. Hey, look, you're gonna change the rule on the scrum. Once you change the rule on the number, my kid Gonzalez wants to wear zero, and we'll call it a day. <laughs> Right? <laughs> I, I don't know how people, man. More little shit bugs people more so than the big shit in life. 
Who cares? Right? Who cares? You think the Eagles would take a look if they were in the position, maybe they traded down to look at Paris Johnson, the Ohio State offensive line? You know why? He sits there. He's the best product next to the kid from Northwestern. I think the kid from Northwestern is going to go in the top five. If that kid Johnson's down there, is he the heir apparent to Lane? And is he your depth? We, could you see them drafting this kid from Ohio State? Dude, they've been really great in the old line. And I don't think – you know, the, the fail-safe for the Eagles, and this is what I would tell you guys. Watch this. This is what I would tell you. The Eagles drafted an old lineman in the first round. What do you care? They've been producing Hall of Famers. They got it right. They're going to get it right. Stoutland will get it right. I mean, look what you did with shitty Andre Dillard. That guy's a bust, and he's going to get paid. You, you know who he's like? That kid Andre Dillard reminds me of the kid Flowers from Miami. I never thought the kid Flowers from Miami was good. The guy that the Giants signed and drafted. I never thought he was good. Go Birds goes Pac-12 is soft. That's my only concern, but kids who go to um, Oregon, go Birds. But the people who go to Oregon traditionally pan out are pretty good. Tight end from Notre Dame has got a um, high grade, but he's more down in the 25 area. So that could be a 30. But do you want to go tight end when you got – I mean, look, I get a second tight end in the third or fourth round. They don't have a, they don't have a fourth round. They will, though. I think they're going to have as many as nine picks. I think they're going to have as many as nine picks with the compensation picks. Lucas Van Ness, Iowa Edge. You know, you know why I'm okay with him? Because the kid from Purdue looks like he panned out to be somebody. That kid from that kid from Purdue had a pretty productive year in Kansas City. He was pretty decent. Okay, he was he was pretty decent. Um, okay. I got another guy talking about Jalen Carter. Guy's not a headache. He effed up. Come on, man. I think they're done drafting O-line in early rounds. We got Malata in the seventh. Stoutland is just so damn good. We don't need to go there or that high on the O-line. Was Lane was a first-rounder, wasn't he? Out of Oklahoma? I thought Lane was a first-rounder. Um, No compensation picks? That's not how that works. Yeah, Lane was a first-round pick out of um, – and he's going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I know that Kelsey was taken later. Okay? I know he was taken later. Um, but and, and Malata was a project. You know who Malata reminds me of, what they did? Malata is a project like Larry Allen was. See, before Jimmy left, they identified this guy, Larry Allen, um, at Humboldt State in California. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Larry Allen was a 12th rounder. And after Jimmy left, the scouting department, Bob Ackle, still pursued him. 
powerful, strong, fast. But there was an intangible, and everyone kept saying, why is he at Humble State? He didn't want to go to school. Happens. He had no grades. He didn't give a shit. He got into some trouble. So, again, Larry Allen's the best offensive lineman I've seen in the last 45 years. There's nobody better than him. 750-pound bencher, ran four eights, lateral movement, was the biggest man I've ever seen. And I saw him do something to your Eagle team that I've never seen anybody do in the history of football. There was an interception that Aikman threw, and he ran down a Philadelphia, either a Philadelphia Eagle or a Giant guy. He ran down from behind, ran the entire length of the field and caught him. I, I remember looking at my wife going, I can't believe what I just saw an offensive lineman run down that field like that and make that tackle. Larry Allen's the best athlete I've ever seen. He was like the Shaq version of offensive lineman. He was like Shaquille O'Neal. Just he guard, Dave Campo sent me when he benched 700 pounds. I'm a 535. I was a, in the pros, I was 605. And nobody, you know, 600 pounds is a great bench. I had ungodly strength. This guy was 700 pounds. This guy was 95 pounds stronger than me in a bench. And I had never been in a room where anyone's stronger than me. Ever. Well, that's not true. In college, Kevin Fagan did 550, and I did 535. I was 19 years old. Yeah. Kevin did. Kevin was a beast, but I did 700 squat when I was there. That's why The Rock, man, he posted that on my Twitter page. No one will ever break Cilio's records. They're still standing. My 535 will never be broken, and my 59 reps at 225 will never be broken. Okay? Hey, Chris, 750-pound bench, and Reggie tossed him. Dude, don't talk to me about Reggie White. <laughs> Okay, Reggie tossed everything, including the Philadelphia sanitation department. There's nothing he couldn't throw. He must have been a hell of a shot putter. Dude, I saw Reggie White throw Chris Carter into Warren Moon, and it was counted as a sack. He picked Chris Carter up in Minnesota, threw him into... Warren Moon, and Warren Moon got sacked because Reggie threw the wide receiver. Because for whatever reason, Chris Carter was trying to block Reggie White. I'm like, hey, Dennis, you might want that one back. You might want that one back. And then, and then you effed it up. And you could have been a Hall of Famer. Boy, did I ever. Man. It's my fault, though. Steven, it's my fault. I screwed it up. I know. I did. That's why you got to go to good organizations, too. To help guys. That's why I'm sympathetic. That's why I'm not calling Jordan Davis a bust. I'm not doing that yet. You get Jalen Carter next to him, might motivate him. Okay? Might motivate him. 
okay? But a lot of this is in your hands, okay? My squad is 185. My squad is 135 now. <laughs> I had a problem picking my wife's carpet up in the rain today. <laughs> Can't have regrets. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. How'd you F it up? I quit. I quit. You know how Lane had depression? I quit. Happens. I had a... I had a better year than Jordan did. And um, me and the D-line coach got into a a fist fight, Mike DuBose. And I really liked Ray a lot. Me and him settled the ax before he passed away. But I just went, it it was my fault. It was my fault. No one else's. The Bucks were terrible. I hated being there. Then I got meningitis when I got to uh, the Cowboys because I was going to – I started every single preseason game in Dallas for Jimmy his first year, all four. Then I got sick, almost died. Um, 75% of the people that get meningococcal meningitis die from it. My wife's in the hospital with me. I had to take three years off of football because I almost passed away. It's a true story. It just wasn't meant to be. It just wasn't meant to be. Circumstances, and by the way, you don't get any redos when you when when those things don't go right for you. Stout has proven in the NFL. We got lane after lane later rounds, three and down. We don't have to draft the old lineman. Eh. Carter falls to us, man. I'm grabbing this dude. Canelli sounds good right now. (laughs) (laughs) It does, actually. (laughs) Uh, Hey. Uh, Hey, Steven, thank you, man. It was a fun time, you know, playing next to Jerome and dominating all those college players. We killed all them Oklahoma teams. You know, Steven, all those guys that went on to the NFL, we killed them all. I did, too. Oh, cannoli time. Hey, I, I actually like that cannoli time. Howie Roseman needs to call a press conference. That Philly guy. Thank you. Sills never had a cannoli. Describe what, what I'm missing. Sills, you, Tone, you've never had a cannoli? Wait, Tone. Tony, uh, let me let me get let me get this right. Are you from like um, Bessemer, Alabama? You're not you're you're not from Philadelphia, are you? Tone, you're not from Philly. You can't be. <laughs> okay, so Tone's from North Philly, and he's never had a cannoli. I got to get this. That Philly guy, I'd rather have Darnell Wright from Tennessee. He shut down Will Anderson. 
best left tackle in the draft. He's pretty good. Hey, Mitchell, thank you so much. What's a cannoli? Now, see, he's a Niner guy. He drinks wine and cheese and sits in the stands down in Santa Clara. So he wouldn't know what a cannoli is, too. It's an Italian sweet. Oh, and to me, okay, do you like it with chocolate chip, no chocolate chip, cheese? Oh, my God, a cannoli. Somebody tell me what your perfect cannoli is so we can tell tone. Oh, my God, man. Hey, and by the way, here's the one thing, too, Tone. You can't save cannolis. So if you get a box of them, you got to eat them all. <laughs> ah. Okay, the cannoli, the next day cannolis are no good. There's, they're no good. I've never had a cannoli where you can eat it the next day because it's mushy on the bottom because the shell gets wet. Put the chocolate chip in it. I've even seen people put pistachios in them. Okay. Wine and cheese cannolis out west. Go to, what? what is that? Termines? In Philadelphia. Plain with powder. Gold Bella directly from Termaine's. Okay, Neil. Okay, this is the second time I've seen that name. Holy cow, this is the G GQ, Neil. Okay. If they order it, I'm getting it. Watch this. Here's Cilio's favorite meal. My aunt's watching this. Ready? Scongeal. Pasta. Pasta. A lobster. Then you finish that baby off with a cannoli or pizza free. I don't think you white guys know what pizza free is. My grandpa had it with a cannoli with, with an anchovy in there too. So I don't know if you guys know what pizza free is. I'm getting a cannoli. Got to get a cannoli, bro. They're the best. Okay. Gabagool is pretty good too. Yeah. You get some gabagool. <laughs> Calzones. My wife likes calzones. A little bit too much cheese for me. Yeah. Holy cow. He got me on food here. We're going to reset this bad puppy at the top here. By the way, I've got a topic on Jalen Hurts that I want to get to. Tony, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We'll just sweep the hour. I'm going to take a timeout here. We won't take another one at the top. So we'll just sweep through it. We'll take one here. Um, I'm going to ask you a question about Jalen Hurts. As we get into hour number three, keep it right here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at MessaLaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. 
Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. National Football Show. Appreciate you guys coming aboard. We're going to be in our number three here in a second, and I appreciate all of you. We're going to talk to our friend, Jason Cole, who's at the Combines. We'll do that at 5.30 Eastern time. We'll get his thoughts on Jalen Carter and all that stuff. And again, I'm, I'm looking at my social media page now. Well, if he falls, that means he's guilty. No, if he falls, that means you're a follower. How many times do you have people do this in your life? You know, I hate this kind of person. Someone will tell you this guy's a bad guy and they've never met him, but because they've heard other people call him a bad guy, they automatically assume he's a bad guy. And people they don't know. Like To me, for me to find out a true character of somebody, I want to have a personal relationship with that individual before I make a judgment on you. Just because somebody called you an asshole doesn't mean I think you are. I don't judge people like that from what others say. I judge you how my relationship personally is with you every day. That's how my relationship in my life with everyone in my life. I never subscribe to that. I think those people are sheep. I think you're a sheep. Most people in the world are sheeps. They'll follow that shit. 
They'll make an assessment on somebody based on 10 things people say that they like the news is a great example of that. They'll, they'll form an opinion like what here I'll give you. And again, this is not politics. This is just an example. You don't know Donald Trump from a cannon from a hole in the wall. Some people do because they work in the industry, but some don't. You'll make an assessment on Trump and you know why? Because other people said something about him, but you, you won't make your own assessment. That's following. That's being a follower. And then when you find out that some of the shit is a lie, you go like this. Hey, same thing with Joe. They say shit about Joe. It comes out it's not true. But because you believed it, it I, I just can't stand people like that. I never form an opinion on somebody that I'm going to have an association with based on what others say. Now, I'm going to form my opinion on what Tracy Rocker says, what Jordan Davis says, and what Nicobe Dean, and probably Kirby Smart on Jalen Carter. If those guys are cool with him and been around him, recruited him, coached him, befriended him, all of that, why would I listen to a guy on ESPN who has no idea who he is, what he is, what his likes and weaknesses are, what his strengths are? How could you possibly say that? Again, you know, if this guy was putting mock drafts together that he was hitting on 90% of them, he hits less than 20% of his drafts for the last 15 years. What does he know? What does he know? Okay. I tell this, Jeffrey, to all young players. Don't ever form an opinion on anybody. Go meet him. You want to call the guy an asshole because you've heard things about him? That's one thing. But social media now, like, like people write things about me. And I laugh today because they, they don't know me. They don't know my friends. They don't know my acquaintances. They don't know my family. They've never talked to my family. They've never talked to my teammates. But yet you think you can make an assessment on me because I might have said something on the air. I'll tell you this, the people that are in here every day know me more than anybody in my broadcasting career. Because here I can actually tell the truth even more so. And I don't have to hide it because of some radio PD who doesn't like how I deliver something. Because you know me, Big Sill's got sharp edges. You know, I'm a sharp edge guy. I'm not, I'm not, you know, there's no round edges. Same with my wife. We're not a very, like, you know, we're very sharp-edged people. So a guy like Jalen Carter, that guy falls to 10. He gets cleared. I'm taking that guy, not thinking 10 seconds about it. I will have no problem drafting him. I will have no problem. And, and makes my team better? But Sills, what if you find out he's not a good guy? That's a different conversation. If I find out he's a bad guy and Tracy Rocker says that, then it means something to me. I love Tracy. I respect Tracy. I played with Tracy. I know people at the University of Miami that knew Sean Desai, and I respect them. When they say, do you know what the article's being written about in Connecticut are right now about Sean Desai? Local guy does it well and gets 
an opportunity to become the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. In my hometown paper in Stanford, Connecticut, his name is in there. We all look out for those Connecticut guys. Jeff Stoutland's a Connecticut guy. I think he went to Southern. You're not round, looks like it to me. <laughs> yeah, only in Philly. <laughs> yeah, only in Philly. All right, I want to ask you a question about Jalen Hurts. This is not a rip. I know some of you are probably going like this. Okay, what right tone? Watch this. The shit. Silio hasn't shit on Hertz all day. Here we go. This is not like it's not like that. It's not like that. Trust me. Cause I know, you know, hey, still has because I'm not I'm not Skip Bayless here where you know I gotta have a rip on Russell Westbrook or LeBron. That's not where this is, and that's not where this is going. Chris Jury's Connecticut guy. Absolutely. Who was the guy that played with the Devils? Gomez. Chris Jury was on the Little League team that won the World Series. I think Chris Jury's a Trumbull guy, Yale. I think he's a Trumbull guy. Here he comes. Joseph, not true. Here it comes. No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Scott Gomez played on that with Niedermeyer and with uh, Brodeur. All right. Are you ready? Here is my take. Why do you guys want Hertz to take a pay cut? Why why would I go online? I see people wanting and hear the comments. Half the building goes like this. I say half the building, I mean half the room. I hope he takes a hometown deal. I hope he takes less so we can have why why would you want him to take less? Why, why would you want Jalen Hurts to take less? Should he? Well, I'll get to that in a minute. JC says real fans don't. Shows the characters real. I just don't want to have the team cash strapped. Interesting. Would you ask Patrick Mahomes to take a pay cut? Unless you don't think Jalen's Patrick Mahomes. Your Honor, leading the witness. (laughs) Your Honor? So you must not think he's Patrick Mahomes. So you must not think he can do the things Mahomes can do. Because he needs more of a team around him than what Mahomes needs. Huh. So you're not sold on him. Being Patrick Mahomes. Remember what I told you. He's not being engaged with Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. He's being engaged with what that guy does with a lesser team. Mahomes is better. But you're going to pay him more than Mahomes. And you're going to have your team stripped down. Wait a minute. I'm not getting this. 
You wouldn't ask Mahomes to take a pay cut, but you want Jalen to take a pay cut. So you obviously think he's the lesser of the two players, which means the money you give him, he better have teammate around him, or he's not going to be able to do the guy the things the guy in Kansas City can do. Interesting. I go online all the time and I see this. I hope he takes a pay cut. I hope he doesn't fleece the Eagles. Mahomes is one of one. No, no. You mean the money they're paying him is the only guy that has ever panned out where you paid someone that kind of money and they delivered a chip for you. Shit, you guys want a chip with a cast-off quarterback and a guy who right now might be playing in the XFL next year. And you want to pay a guy $50 million and you want a Super Bowl with a guy who may not play ever again in the NFL and a dude who may retire and couldn't keep a job outside of Philly. But you want to pay that guy $50 million. Interesting. Or no yet, you want him to take a pay cut because you don't believe he could do the things Mahomes can do. Am I, am I, am, am I honest? Am, am I in the right? Tell me I'm on the right path here with what I'm saying here. Come on, man. We listened to you on 10. That, that's <laughs> Mahomes is overrated. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, if Mahomes is overrated, Jalen Hurts is a scrub. Brian goes, we want a dynasty. So are you saying you can't have a dynasty if you pay Hertz? Huh, I'm confused. I won't be mad if he got paid. He just can't break the bank with millions. JC, I think it's a mistake. Jalen will get 47.5 for four years. And in that four years, the Eagles will not win. This year, you're going to win. Because it'll be still on the rookie deal because it'll be considered an extension. Someone's going to have to show me outside of Mahomes one of these $45 million deals works. Derek Carr is looking for a new team. He's taking $10 million less. Someone's going to have to show me and prove to me and get this. I don't think it's any longer about a dual threat. I, I really don't. I think it's more now. Hey, can I say this to you guys? I will say this to you in, in favor of, of, of Jalen Hurts. I think Anthony Richardson at Florida just might be the number one overall pick because of Jalen Hurts. Do you know that Jalen Hurts' impact is going to be Hey, Tone, think of this one. Here's the impact Jalen Hurts is going to have on players behind him. It's not the money he's going to sign. It's what he's done. That dual threat, like uh, Coach Arian said yesterday, it's here to stay. You just need two of them. You just need two guys on the roster. Jalen Hurts is going to get all of those dual threat guys paid. Big time. Drafted high. Vince Young today would be the first pick in the draft. And it wouldn't be close. Vince Young was destroyed by Jeff Fisher. 
He was 31 and 19, rookie of the year. Jeff Fisher destroys all quarterbacks, including Jared Goff. There's no coincidence to that. And then you tried to put him in a box in Philly. You got to play him like Hurts. Wind him up, let him go play. And he would have been a superstar. Vince Young would have been what Vince Young was built. Colin Kaepernick, all of those dudes were built for today. Kaepernick would be a first rounder today coming out of Nevada. Okay. Dave goes, great show as always, Sills. What do you think of her if Carter is available at 10? Make no problem about it. I have no issues. I'm drafting him at 10. If Tracy Rocker's good with it, Kobe gives me some good intel. Jordan Davis, Kirby Smart, he's cleared by the Athens cops, which is misdemeanor so far now. Not a problem. Again, my problem with him comes down to decision-making. You're doing this shit in January, knowing full well in February, the first week you got to go into March, I should say. You got to go into the NFL combines and you're sitting around jacking around like this. I got a problem with that. And I want to know where your decision-making led to that because it could lead me to believe some other things could come down the pike. Kid comes out and goes, I screwed up. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to reiterate this and make a, make a point to you. Okay. I was the 57th player taken as a junior. As many of you now know, I had issues. Wasn't it? Can you imagine me at the combines now? I'd run a 4.8 at 292. I'd have a 28 vertical. I'd do 60 reps at 225. And I would run a 4.8. Six one and a half. Same height as Aaron Donald, Warren Sapp, guys like that. I'd have been the 10th player taken. Outperformed Jerome. Stubbs, all guys drafted in the first round. I outperformed them. Okay. And if I got in trouble with the police, hey, Sills, um, would you, we're, we, you were out drag racing. No, that wasn't me. I was back in my dorm room. And um, no, I heard the noise and I, okay. It's a lie. Wouldn't you lie? Holy shit. Call your coach. Man, I think I'm involved in this thing. Can you help me here? Go to the con. That's why he went to the combines. He told his coaches, you know, he did. Shit, man. Guy, person died that was on the Georgia staff. Everyone knows the truth. You know, you know, Carter told him. He lied to the cops. I would too. Jerome Brown would. Watch this. Hey, did Jerome Brown ever put. I'll tell you now after 40 some years, 30 some years. So I get a I get a um, who um who was the general manager for Norman Brayman and Buddy in 87? Who 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 was who was the general manager of the Eagles? And I'm gonna tell you a true story. Because I I, I remember I talked to Jerry Angelo. I talked to Neil Donahue, who was running the Steelers, and I had all these interviews. 
Okay. And I remember because they were all talking about Stubbs, Stubbs, Stubbs. There was talk about him having a substance abuse issue, drinking a lot, staying out late. And people would ask us all these questions. And they were asking questions about all of us because we had a lot. We, I mean, we were in the news a lot. Harry Gamble. Careful, Sills. <laughs> Ugh. Careful, Sills. I'll, 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 I'll give you a G version. Hey, Dan, you know this and that. You know, da, da. Hey, man, you and Jerome were a force. Two best tackles. Like Ed, o Ed Ogeron says it today. We were the two best defensive tackles he's ever seen. College football history. I post a soundbite all the time. He's never seen two better DTs. Um, Joe Paterno called us salt and pepper too. Uh, they had a guy up there named Bruce, Bruce Clark and Matt Millen. And he called us salt and pepper too. Plead the fifth, Maniac says. So Harry Gamble's down there with Norman Brayman. He goes, Dan, hey, no, hey, you guys had some issues with the FBI? <laughs> the phone cards. Oh, <clears throat> eh, not really. <laughs> Did Jerome give you an Uzi and um, a walker? And uh, a sort of shotgun and a couple other things and put them in your room. I know what you're talking about. I have no idea. Fucking Norman Brayman's like this. <laughs> I'm going, no, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> ah, Jimmy's in the back like this. He's got his hand over his mouth. And I'm going, Never, I don't know what you're talking about. What about that situation with Michael Irv? I go, I have no idea what you're talking about. What 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 about you? I go, hey, hi, if this is like if I'm being interrogated here, let me know. And they love the fact that I started throwing it back at them. I went, Are you interrogating me here about my friends? Because if you want me to sit here and start barking about my friends, this is the wrong place for that shit. Because those guys are my boys, man. We're boys until we're dead. You know, and that's when I told the guy, I said, you want to know something about me and Jerome? I'll tell you flat out something about him. We made a pact with one another. If one of us who ever died, we check in on one of the kids and make sure the kids were okay. I check with D Brown every year to seeing that he's okay. I helped him get a job. I did that. That was after the fact. But so when those guys were talking to me, I told them, I go, we made a pact with one another. Jerome would have been checking on my daughter to this day. So they go, hey, oh, they that in. I'm going like, don't talk shit on Jerome. He's good people. Harry Gamble's like, oh, no, we love, you guys drafted him ninth. Didn't matter. You guys took him ninth. <laughs> the, like when Jimmy came on here a couple weeks ago, it was in December, I think he said, 
And you were a handful, silly. Well, the guy next to me was also a handful. <laughs> man, the guy next to me was a handful. He was, man. He 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 was a handful. He was. Um. Let me get back one more time here with what Gardner Johnson said on that Twitter. You guys have a problem wanting Gardner Johnson back, Chauncey Gardner. Do you do you have a problem with him calling Gannon out? Do you have a problem? Brian Baldinger disagrees with your statement. Everyone's got an opinion. Um, do you have a problem saying things we all said all year? Do you got a problem? I don't. So I'm going to have a problem with Chauncey Gardner Johnson over something we all knew was that that guy was a product of really great players. Okay. Was totally a product of great players. Okay. He, you know, he should have kept it up. I, I, you know what probably happened? I guarantee you what happened. Somebody in the Eagle organization made him take it down. Probably Nick asked him to take it down. I would tell Nick, hey, Nick, I'm a free agent right now. I'm not an Eagle until you make me one again. You got me for $826,000 last year. I want to play here. By the way, um, is the, the hiring of Sean Desai a sign that you don't want me here? Because is he going to put me in a system and in a position to succeed? Because if they're theoretically kind of running the same kind of system, but I'm not – but wait a minute. Think about this. Didn't CJ shine in the Gardner, in the uh, <clears throat> Gannon system? He led the NFL in interceptions. I don't think this is a sign that he's not back. I think this is more of a sign that they want him back. This is more of a sign they want him back, I think. I mean, he led the NFL. He's co-leader in the interceptions. If Sean Desai has kind of like the same kind of fundamentals, high two covers or high safeties, okay, but more press coverage, doesn't this play into his strengths? I think it does. I think this is a sign that they want him back. That's why they made him delete it. They made him delete that, I think. Hey. This is not a good look. We're trying to work on something. You know, they probably contacted his agent. And this is how it usually goes down. They contacted the agent. Then they told him, they go, hey, look, we're trying to make this thing. Don't make this thing harder on us. Okay? We don't want any kind of heat inside the locker room. We don't want to – what they don't want to get is other defensive players 
starting to come out going, that guy sucked. That's what they don't want. So the Eagle organization, you know how they control the local media? They kind of controlling the narrative here. Dude, I got to tell you, I'll say it one more time to you. I learn more about the Eagles when they go to the draft and when they go to the combines, more so than I learn when I watch them on their press conferences and their weekly press conferences and also on their game day stuff or post game. I don't learn nothing from them. They absolutely don't tell the local media in Philadelphia anything. They are... They inform those people so few and so far between the truth. Jalen was hurt more. That wasn't reported locally. That had nothing to do with it. We find out that the coaching staff was handpicked from Howie. We didn't know that. Shit, I found out last year in the draft, Zach Paschal, he wanted to make a move to get Zach Paschal. He had asked Howie. Howie goes, I think we can make it work. It's a $1.5 million deal. Yeah, they run a tight ship for a reason. Feed the local people nothing. And, 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 and then they bend them over. Then you find out, <clears throat> wait a minute, Nick had nothing to do with the staff? Nick's telling people at the Combines, yeah, when I showed up in Philly, I didn't know half the, half the coaching staff. And again, <clears throat> I said this in hour one. I'm not really, I'm not dumping on it because they make pretty good hires. They do. They make really good hires. But to sit there and tell me that Nick made any kind of impact on the hiring of his coaching staff is crazy. This is what drove Doug Peterson out of town. Charlie goes, that's the way it is today. Probably so. That's why you see, hey, Charlie. I would make the point to you, that's probably why you see a lot of young coaches and you see guys like the Gannons and the Steikens and the Stefanskis and the Brandon Staley's, because you know why? They work with the front offices. They had the head, watch this. How many head coaches in the NFL? Let me think about the head coaches when I played. Dicka had power. Parcells had power. Gibbs had power. Jimmy had power. Jim Moore Sr. had power. John Robinson had power. Bill Walsh had power. Tom Landry had power. How many coaches today in the NFL do you think run their own ship and answer to themselves? Mike Shanahan, Joseph, very good. Watch this. Today, have complete 100% say. Pars- um, Belichick, I don't even think Pete Carroll does. I think he has, I think he and John Schneider share it up there. I, I think Belichick and then who? Run their own ship. Don't answer to anybody. Belichick? Andy? Andy, Doug, three, three coaches today. When you and I grew up, 
the head coach was everything. John Gruden's of the world and all these big personality guys. <clears throat> I don't think Mike Tomlin runs his own ship. That's not how that runs there. No way, man. They work, co- they work side by side with their personnel department. Mike wants something. They'll go get him. Okay? If Mike wants something. They'll get a player. And Mike doesn't know what the name on the back of the jersey is. You think he recruited Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell? You think he recruited Heinz Ward or any of them dudes? Absolutely not. That was their scouting department. Only three dudes today run their own shit. Who's the biggest personality coach in the NFL? Belichick's not even a personality. John Harbaugh does not run his own ship. Absolutely not. That front office was built by Ozzie Newsome. Ozzie Newsome and DaCosta now. Ozzie's still in the building, by the way. John Harbaugh does not run his own ship. Does not. He, he's, he's probably the most underrated coach. Watch this. You think Kyle Shanahan runs his own ship up there, or do you think it's John, John Lynch now with the York family? Analytics, baby. Peyton, $20 million, and plus the quarterback he spent a ton of money on. Yeah, absolutely. Probably four, right? There's your fourth one, Sean Peyton. Has to run that absolutely. So, but look, look at look at the personalities today in the sport. There is isn't any. Guess get hey. Guess who the biggest personality is? It's Jerry. This is going to be interesting. All right, combines going on. I'm going to be interested to see what my friend Jason Cole has to say here, our pro football insider and our NFL Hall of Fame voter. I want to get what he thinks of this whole Jalen Carter thing. And before you say anything, Jace, I want to throw this at you. Here's my opinion of it. And you go from there with this. To me, um, it's an unfortunate situation. He lied. And I thought about me going to the combines. Would I lie? Probably. Because I knew that I had so much to lose and I put myself in a stupid situation. I thought with Jerome Brown line, probably. Um, is it right? No, not making excuses. Unfortunately, someone died in this thing. Was he the cause of it? According to the Athens police, he wasn't. Um, he's going to fall because we see this all the time. If I'm the Eagles at 10, he clears. I'm drafting him. I'm going to take him. I'm not going to pass on the kid. If if Deshaun Watson and other people can be cleared, and I get this situation here, there was an unfortunate scenario. But Tracy Rocker recruited him. He's the D-line coach in Philly. Jordan Davis was at Georgia with him. Nicobe, talk to Kirby. If you're cool with it, the only issue I have, Jason, is this. His decision-making and the fact that he knew first week of March he was going to be at the Combines, why would you put yourself in this position? Put all that through a strainer and tell me what you would do. I'd draft him. Um, and I wouldn't think a lot about it. I mean, like, there are consequences he's going to have to pay and issues he's going to have to deal with. And 
if you think that he's going to spend some extended period of time in jail, then you do have to say, okay, you know, I got to, you know, I might have to wait, you know, a little bit, but I think, you know, this is an accident. Um, You know, the lie is not an accident, but certainly what initially happened is this is not either premeditated or continual. It's a, it's a, it's sort of a one-time thing that happened. And, you know, it's not something that a lot of players or people who work in the NFL or who are just in society don't do um, in given situations. It's, it's tragic um, and it's awful. And I don't think he's the number one pick anyways, but, um, but I'm still drafting him. This is not, it doesn't even concern me as much as a guy testing positive at the combine. Like I always look at, if you test positive at the combine, you're a dope. You're, <laughs> you're just that Randy Gregory will always be a centerpiece for me, Jason, because I'm like this, the folks at Nebraska said, don't smoke weed for the combines. He did it anyway. I mean, dude, that's a pro. That's why I would not draft him is because they told them. <laughs> right. I mean, this is, and, and I'm not saying that this is equivalent to that. Okay? I know. It's, this is a serious thing. You know, somebody lost their life, but you know, this is not, it's an, it's just, it's, it's not quite the same thing where you're going, okay, does this person have continual judgment problems in the face of, um, of, of, of obvious advice? He did something that a lot of us do, you know, I've done that. Right. You know, you know, got, got, you know, got, you know I, I'm lucky that I'm alive based on how fast I've Jason, I past. told a story that Jerome had a Grand National and I had a Corvette and we raced out front of the college at Miracle Mile all the time. Um, and I said, I've been in that situation. Fortunately for me and him, no one died. Um, however, if someone, if there was an accident, I thought about myself in that position. If I was going to be a top five pick, would I lie? And I said, I probably would because I was afraid. Isn't that human nature? And then when you find out more, Jace, anybody who has that much to lose, you're going to do something that's, that that's not with character. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, as a team, you're sitting there going, okay, you know, what'd you do? You know, it, it makes me pause. Does. But but at the same time, it, it would make me pause. If there are two guys on the board who are absolutely equal and the one guy's clean and the other guy's not, like there's no there's no problems, there's no judgment issues, you know, then I'm taking the other guy. So you lose the tiebreaker in that one. But he's talented enough that he's going to go high in the draft and it's not going to, it's not, will he move back two or three spots? Maybe. Is he going to drop two or three rounds? No, no, don't be, he's not going to even drop, you know, 10 or 15 picks. It's just not going to happen. Unless of course there are some legal issues that entangle him. Right. Unless it escalates. Now let me ask you about Bryce young. Five, 10 and a half. One ninety. Jace, I um, 
let's see. I think we got Jace, Bryce Young, mm-hmm. five ten and a half, one ninety. Mm-hmm. Is that your number one overall pick? It's tough. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't you draft the metrics with that pick? If you, again, if all things are equal, you take the bigger guy. Yes. If all things are equal. If he's off the charts, the best one in your view, you take him. But I think that, like, among those three guys, you know, and I include Levis in this group. You know, Stroud, and well, I know Levis did not have a great year, but I still include him in this group. I do, too. You know, I do not include Richardson in the group. But, um, yeah, I'm taking the – if I think they're equal or even a, a shade different, I'm taking the bigger man. And I know everybody's like, oh, five foot 10 quarterbacks or five foot 11 quarterbacks can make it. Yeah, they can. Guys are 190 pounds also. No. See, see, Jason, that's, that, that's, that's the combo. That, the combo problem is not only is he small, he's skinny. But that's here's the, the deal when people go, well, the NFL has had people that have, succeeded at 510 and under and I went yeah but how many were first rounders Parkington wasn't uh what's his name Sonny Jurgensen wasn't Drew, Drew Brees Flutie wasn't Russell, Russell Wilson was a third this know, is the t- first pick in the draft Jace this isn't a third yeah. rounder here that's a big pick but we're talking about the first pick in the draft here size matters at a certain point it really does I mean if, if you expect that guy to play 12 to 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see. I mean, I mean, like you're just, you're just playing against the odds. And it doesn't mean that the guy is six foot three and 230 pounds is going to last forever either. I mean, it, but your odds are different. Like that 30 or 40 pounds of difference is a big deal. Like it just is. I mean that that's you know like I, that's why that's why Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft cuz he's a little dude okay um and that that happens sometimes now look Bryce Young is still not dropping out of the no. top he's not dropping out of the top 5 or whatever and so you say you say to yourself how good is he as a player and if he's significantly better than the other guys you take him like if it, you know, if, if all the, if you're all your measurables and things that you look at that distinguish a quarterback, make him significantly better than CJ Stroud and Will Levis, you take him. But if it's close, you're taking the bigger dude. Can you have covered this league for such a long time? Is Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers the most hated quarterback in the history of the NFL? I mean, no, no, there's some other guys who like, I mean, look, there, there are other, Jeff George was not exactly Mr. Popularity. But okay? if this guy was Jeff George or Kirk Cousins, Green Bay would not tolerate this. Of course not. The league wouldn't tolerate it, but he's not. He's Aaron Rodgers. No. He's Aaron Rodgers. He's and, first ballot Hall of Famer. He's probably unanimous. I would, I would think. I, I don't know why you would vote against him. I mean, you know, okay, he's a schmuck. All right. I mean, I, vo- I voted for other guys who were schmucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it took you a couple rounds to get around to T.O. to voting for him. 
<laughs> T.O. was a tool. Would it take you three times to get to him? <laughs> three times. I don't, and I don't feel bad about that. I know, I know, you know. <laughs> I don't feel bad about it. I mean, can you imagine Jason going? I'm, I'm going to let this guy sit here for a little bit because the toolbox he is. <laughs> I got no problem with that. I mean, I, I will say this. You know what's funny about about T.O. and this is. When I did my survey of 400 people, which I don't know if you were part of at the time, I am, but 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 you are now certainly. Yeah. I don't remember. Oh, okay, you know, yeah. You know, at the time that T.O. went in, the first year that T.O. was on the ballot in that, he finished eighth. Oh my god! Think about that. Think about that. That's how and much you of got a, my peers. Uh, you got some of my peers on that on that panel. Oh yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of guys who there's a bunch of guys who played with him, knew him. Like, as, when you're a wide receiver, you just can't crap on your quarterback as many times as he did, and expect that people are going to support you, you know. And and it just, you know, it's rough. Now Aaron's getting into a point where you're sitting there going, "Are you about winning, or are you about you?" And I think it's become it's clear it's him. He's about him, but. But he's still a, an amazing player. I mean, he's he's still he one of the as well as anybody in the history. Yeah, and To for all of his numbers, I don't think To is one of the five or six best court, uh, best wide receivers of all time. I think he's awfully good, and he played a long time at a high level. But I think there were guys who were. I mean, look, Randy Moss was better than him. Certainly, Jerry Rice was better than him, and I Calvin can make Johnson. an argument. Calvin Johnson, I think so. You know, now he's not far removed from that group. No, no. He's, you know, he's probably, you know, I'm saying he's five, he's not five. Yeah, he's probably six, seven, you yeah. know, eight. Yeah. But, but, you know, like he doesn't jump off the page and make me go, oh my God, like he has, you know, there's no question in my mind, you know, he has to be in. Now he did everything and, and got in the Hall of Fame, but he also bought, the, his own delay. You know what, though, Jace, every time I think of Rogers, though, I think of the Pope, and I think of the white smoke coming out of, like, that, 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 like, dungeon uh. that he was in this last week. <laughs> it's like the Pope signal, but instead it's pot smoke or it's out of a hookah. I don't know, man. I'm like... <laughs> hey, you play with some dudes like that, man. Yeah. I'm no Have comment. <laughs> yeah, no comment. Hey, hey. a bit. Yeah, yeah, bada Kevin, bing. Let me throw this Kevin, at you Kevin here. Kevin Gogan, bada bing. Uh, yeah, hey, hey, how about this? Hey. Daniel Snyder, does he own or not own the commanders by the time the start of the season comes around? Does not. Wow, really? You think this is moving rapidly? The uh, owners' meetings in Arizona, I think, are next week. You think they vote his ass out? No, oh, they're not going to vote him out. They're just going to get a buyer. You think they're it's Bezos? Buy. No... Although, yeah, I don't think he's going to sell Bezos because he thinks Bezos is running out, um, and it'll take somebody else's six billion, right? Yeah. Um, but you think it's Johnson, yeah. the BET owner? No, he doesn't have enough cash for, okay. for this. Um, he'd have to put together a group. I mean, there's going to be one of those guys. Um, who 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 puts it together and 
at the end of the day, the league may say you need to sell to Bezos um, and may force his hand. But, you know, this latest thing that ESPN came out with yesterday, you know, people don't understand how significant that is. He, he, charged, about- the, he charged the commanders $4.5 bucks to put the logo on his jet. And he took a salary of $10 million annually. As like he 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 just he he did some things to his partners that are just. Did he fudge the books too? That like the revenue books that didn't they they all supposed to share in? Supposedly, supposedly, like there's a lot of stuff. Like if I was the players' association, and and I go, I want to take a really good look at this stuff. Like what's going on? Can I give you? Can I give you a name? Mm -hmm. Bruce Allen. Well, and Bruce, uh, sure, Bruce, but look, this goes beyond Bruce. No, okay? Bruce yeah. is sending this to all these outlets because he's got all the emails. Oh, this this story did not come from Bruce. I don't think this this story to me got this story to me got filtered through DOJ. Um, I think through the through those limited partners because those oh, okay. limited partners. Because those yeah, limited partners, funny, lost... the limited partners at the NFL allowed him to buy out. Right, Th- those guys lost two billion dollars in this yeah. transaction. <laughs> Would you be a little bit ticked off? Oh, absolutely, man, absolutely. Plus, the, plus, the, plus, those documents, like Bruce Bruce Allen, doesn't have access to those court documents that were no. filed between those parties. So this didn't come from Bruce. There, this one came from much higher up from people who are amid you know amongst this whole group because they basically made sure the feds got those papers right like that's how i view this this one's this is ugly and it's ugly not just for snyder in terms of cheating your own partners out of money but it's kind of ugly for roger because if he signed off on a falsified loan (laughs) oh no no question final question for you Derek Carr, where do you think he lands? Probably the Jets. When it's all said and done, um, although they he, would I be think, formidable with him in there, I think. I think they would. Yeah, well, I think I think they'd be, be formidable there. Yeah, I would say that you know New Orleans, Charlotte become the next one down, that kind of thing. But look, I think the Jets step up because I don't think the Jets want to do both pay the pay the money that you have to pay to get one of these quarterbacks and Pay the draft pick compensation to get Rodgers. And here's the other thing. Like, if you're the Jets, it's going to be hard enough for Derek Carr in New York. What is it going to be like for Aaron Rodgers in New York? Jesus. Now, he may actually play what well, He may play well just to spite everybody. That's his, his MO. So you might even say, let's do it. But, God, it's going to be so uncomfortable. Like, those media sessions between him and the New York – New York press wow. would be legendary. They'd be, be I would, this be, would be a dream for me. So, you don't think he ends his career in Green Bay? No, I think they, I think they kind of would just be happy enough. Oh, I would love him to be in New York for the Jets press conferences, and he'd be the most famous Jets since Fireman Ed. That would be great because <laughs> <laughs> there are no other famous no. Jets. Other no, than fireman, there's no Unless famous jet other than other than Namath, other than Namath, Namath, Klecko, uh, the Green Lantern, 
and Fireman Ed. <laughs> and, and I like Fireman Ed more because he bangs on his own head. <laughs> yes, he does. He has Jace, PTE. Thank you, brother. I did. We'll talk to you. You got it, man. That's my friend Jason Cole. Yeah, I forgot Jody McDonald, too, man. I forgot. He's a big Jet guy. Right, Tone? <laughs> he, he loves the Jets. Why would you love the Jets? Fireman Ed. <laughs> Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. Man, so, dude, you, I, 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 I can't, how many, a hey, tone, 
How many snowflakes as a percentage do you think Eagle fans have? What would you say? 5%? 10%? They're pretty loud. They're on my Twitter page going, Silio's clueless. You don't take a guy like Jalen Carter. And I'm like, I didn't say anything because I don't respond like that. And you, and you, they're saying don't take the kid before they even know the information. That's a clueless human. As far as I'm concerned, I see misdemeanors. I'm like J- I'm like Jason Cole. I don't care. Someone died. I know it's a horrible story. I didn't say it wasn't. What's it got to do with him? Well, he was racing. Okay, well, unfortunately, he was there. As long as the police say he didn't cause it, what's the issue? I'm not passing that guy up. <laughs> I'm not passing him up. Guys are like, so he was close. And I'm like, they don't know the history of your team. They don't know the history of your team. That guy that you retired his number? That's sitting up there at Lincoln Financial, number 99. That's my boy, man. We're not all, you know, choir boys. There's always people in the city who act holier than thou. Everyone raised their their friends before. Carter situation just went bad, unfortunately. Absolutely. I've been in that situation. Fortunately, it didn't go bad. Shit, man. You know, Jalen Carter made me think of that today. How many times Jerome and I did that out front of our school? Pulled over many times by the police. But because uh, Ed Hudak, who's a dear friend of mine and is the chief of police, and he's still the chief of police, okay? Played, he was Miami Hurricane. <laughs> Stop doing this. It's not good. Stop doing this. <laughs> what do you think when Jimmy Johnson came on here and said we were handfuls? Yeah, we also did this for Coach. Got a nice book he wrote. And he lost one game in three years. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You guys were a handful. Okay, well, you know, price of winning, Junior. <laughs> uh, hey, 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 Tone, you want to know why Miami sucks? They ain't got Sills in there anymore. <laughs> ah, seriously. You, hey, you know why Miami sucks right now? It's because they don't got people like Jerome and me in there. <laughs> That's why. They're all at Alabama and Georgia. LSU. That's where they are. All them dudes now are at them programs. Back in the day, you had free shoe you LS or uh, FSU, the Gators with Aaron Hernandez, the Pouncey brothers, Cam being thrown out of Gainesville. They won two national titles in five years with that group. They weren't choir boys either. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think that there's a reason why some of these colleges, you're stuck in Tuscaloosa, Gainesville, Florida, Tallahassee. 
Baton Rouge. Not, not, not real meccas of the world. How we leaked the story to get it out so he could fall to 10. Hey, I said this to you too. So wait a minute. He falls to 10. 15 teams call him. Howie, what do you what do you take for number 10? We want to take Carter. I know you want a corner. And you go like this. Well, I'll tell you what. Because he's the first pick and the first round draft guy, I need a first round. And I'll move down to your pick. And if you happen to get Witherspoon, we'll just switch players. But I want another one. You want Carter? I'll give him to you. But it's going to come at a price. It's a top 10 pick. Carter falls to 10. I think he's going to fall like pretty good. Like seven, eight. And if another, if Anthony Richardson goes in the top 10, he could land in Philly. And how he's sitting there with teams calling him, choices on the board at corner that he wants anyway. And he's going to have an opportunity to get even higher picks. The best thing happened to the Philadelphia Eagles today was the news on Jalen Carter. You could probably land another one in 24 because of that news. If he so lands down there, like, like you heard J- you heard Jason say, he's probably around seven. Well, if Anthony Richardson gets in that first round and Levis gets in that first 10, he's going to land in Philly. Then, if here's the worst scenario. You draft him. You got two DTs on rookie deals that played against that played with one another at Georgia, and you got a linebacker that played with both of those guys behind him. How's that a lose situation? How's that losing? And the triangles on rookie deals. The Dean's on a rookie deal. Carter's on a rookie deal. Davis is on a rookie deal. And your rotation guys, Milton Williams. And say you get a free agent, you put him in the mix. That's a pretty formidable middle of your D-line. Then your edge rushers are Sweat, Reddick. Now you can draft the corner you want. CJ's in the middle, Maddox, and Slay. Dude, I think you upgraded your defense. You could, could, in theory, because of this news, upgrade your defense. People don't like, hey, I'm not telling you that I think Jordan Davis played well. Okay? And he's got to pick his game up. You think a guy he played next to at Georgia could help him? I do. And get this. The D-line coach coached him in college. Both of them. (laughs) <laughs> Pretty, dude, you got it. Charlie says, Sills, you're so right. This plays right into Howie's strengths in his job. It totally does. So wait a minute. You would have this in the middle of your defense. The D-line coach that coached both Davis and Clark, or Carter, Dean, Tracy Rocker. 
or you trade out of it. Yeah, you want him? I need a one in 24. Okay. We'll give you our first round pick in 24. Somebody will do this. You know they do. I don't even remember how. How we got that Saints pick. <laughs> I mean, uh, right? <laughs> uh, right? It's totally perfect, man. Plays right into it. Jordan Davis ran a four seven eight at the combines. He's not slow. I don't care what anybody says. Man, Howie, hey man, I don't know about you, but who would have ever thought Roseman could actually make the defense better and be cheaper, and not have to spend a ton of money and sign Jalen to his contract? That's what's falling into place here. Guys, appreciate it. You guys were fantastic. Thank you so much. Please hit the like button. If you missed any of the show, go back and watch it on Jacob Sports. We totally appreciate you guys each and every single day. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern. I believe the players start working out tomorrow, and so we'll be able to start seeing some of the players now on film running. That's going to be awesome. A ton of stuff to hit on. Thank you so much. Xander, Big Joe, Tone, you are spectacular. Thank you to the IT guys. God bless every one of you. See you tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern, and we'll catch you on the flip side. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.